And I also want to tell you this, that when you do not have information and a plan and tools, end of life is a thousand times, if not 10,000 times harder. It, there's, it, can, it can be no other way. I'm Suzanne O'Brien, former hospice and oncology nurse, and now the founder of the International Doula Givers Institute. My life's purpose is to teach others how to care for those at the end of life. So if you are a family member wanting to learn how to care for someone you love at the end of life, or you are someone who wants to be a professional end of life practitioner, this is the place for you. So sit back, get a cup of tea and relax. This is the Ask a Death Doula podcast. Welcome, everyone. This is Ask a Death Doula. I am your host, Suzanne O'Brien. I am thrilled about this episode as we approach this new year. And so many of us, I feel like, are in a space of wanting to understand what this life's journey is about. What can we do to make it the best it can possibly be? And in this episode today, I am going to share with you how the doula givers training, the death doula training is really a life course. And I'm going to give you pearls today that hopefully will change your perspective and allow you to really grab onto something that can propel you forward in your evolution in this human being experience. And the reason I say that, and I'm so thrilled about it is because so many of our students, I am so moved by this, talk to me about how this training, the doula givers training that they came to learn how to care for those at the end of life change their life. This completely changed their life. And I'm going to pull out the life lessons within the course for you today and share with you how you too can benefit from this support, this knowledge um, to enhance your own beautiful life journey. So welcome. I am going to start with this is that everything is energetic frequency. Everything is energy, period period. And I'm going to give you some examples today about how we've known this for thousands of years. And also the great inventors have known this. So I'm going to share with you, um, breaking it down as simply and digestible as possible. So you too can really step into this space of awareness so that you can utilize how this works for your own life's journey and let that awaken and allow it to unfold for you, not just in abundance of, you know, just things in life, which by the way, things do not bring you happiness. I think we covered that. It's a connection and it's a field, but when you expand your higher frequency of who you are and that higher vibration, all things of abundance open up to you, not just in material things, but in love in relationships in um in in all pathways in health in all pathways it can't just be one section so when you're truly aligning with an energetic frequency higher than what you've known and that's the whole meaning of life and I'll I'll start in the very beginning in a minute it's about reconnecting with that higher frequency knowing spirit part of you that is always perfect, that is always connected, that always knows the answers. 
And the human part is the experiment part, right? That we have to muddle through and that we have to override and we have to step into a space of belief, of belief that there's more, belief that I'm gonna follow this calling, this knowing that's pulling me, even though it doesn't make any analytical sense. It's not what do I think I should be doing, that's human ego. It's what do I know in my heart? Where is my higher wisdom, my, my, my heart calling me to go? What steps am I needing to take? And it's when you get to a place in your life where you step out into faith of that, where you finally say, like it did for me, this isn't working. This trying to figure out, this listening to everyone's advice on what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing is not working for me. I am just going to trust. I don't know what this is. I said to myself, I'm just going to trust this still small, strong, connected voice that's telling me to go work for hospice. That's telling me to go in this direction, even though it doesn't make sense to me analytically, I want to follow it because I feel connected to that. And I, when you step out on that trusting faith of following your heart, your whole life will break open. Your whole, that's how life works. So um, is it easy? Yes. Do we have a lot to overcome to get to that space? Usually yes as well, but it is how it all works. So welcome to this episode of Ask a Death Doula. This is one of my, if not my favorite topic to talk about because a good death is a good life. But what does that mean? So we're going to cover that today. So I want to start out by sharing with you that at the end of life, and this struck me right away when I was working with people who were dying, were holistic beings, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And as I'm sitting bedside with them, as their physical bodies were diminishing, their spiritual bodies were growing. And there was one point in this journey where they have one foot in this world, one foot in the next, and they get what I call their spiritual eyes, their spiritual wisdom, where all of a sudden they wake up from a sleep or the night before, and they have all this new information. They go, I get it now. And everything that was, they were carrying these burdens with them. They were carrying anger. They were you know, suffering from things that have happened in their lives that they couldn't make sense of, or they couldn't get past and they couldn't move. All of a sudden were crystal clear. And when they were crystal clear, they understood that they were for their benefit, that this experience they had was an opportunity, even if it was painful and challenging, which some of our best teachers are. Painful and challenging, this opportunity was to help them elevate in their consciousness so that they can live in that higher place of flow, of joy, of abundance now in this life's journey. So it's a very interesting thing, right? When we look at something as a victim, something that happens to us, a circumstance and experience with anger and, and draining attachment and resentment and all the things that happen, or we look at it as a gift. What was the gift? What was that trying to teach me? And I know that that's not always easy. I'm not trying to say that it is. It doesn't diminish the painful things that we go through, if it's an illness or a heartbreak or whatever it may be, it doesn't diminish the pain. I'm not trying to 
minimize the reality that that hurts. But when we can look from that higher elevated place of perspective of frequency, what do we see when we step outside of the emotion? What can we see from this experience? Where was the opportunity? Where was the gift? What can I learn from it? So I often will say that we were given the riddle right in the beginning, right? We're born and they say, you're a human being. And so right at the get-go, we were told the answer to the riddle. We're human and we're being. The human part is the ego. It's the analytical mind. It's this temporary housing we've been gifted with. And the being is all our soul part, our heart conscious, our wisdom. And they are always going to be a part of who we are. Now, the key is, is to find our way, because when we're living and growing and all of a sudden we're realizing that we're separate and then, you know, as children, we're realizing that we're either loved or accepted or by different ways that we act and, and conditions, right? And I'll tell you right now that I know that everyone means the best and wants the best for us. But we have to tell you right across the board that love is not conditional. So if somebody says, I'll love you if you look like this, I'll love you if you act like this, I'll love you if you have a certain amount of money or degrees or whatever it is, that's not love. That is not love. True love is accepting somebody for exactly who they are, not trying to change them, not putting conditions on it, loving them because they are, they are. And that goes for loving ourselves as well. So we were told right in the beginning, we're human beings. And so this became very apparent when I'm working with those at the end of life, because their true self is their being self. This human part is to have this experience in, to have the trials, the tribulations, the emotions that go along with it. It can be really intense so that we can find our way through all of that, hopefully, back to connecting with our soul self that is always perfect, that is always knowing, that is always at peace, no matter what the outside circumstances are. Now we get there organically at the end of life because we're shedding this human body, right? We're saying goodbye to this temporary housing and we're becoming our pure form again that where we go off. However, the goal is to learn these things while we're here. You know, many times it takes a catastrophic event for a awakening, what you call spiritual awakening, a tragedy, a health scare, losing everything, you know, for everything to be removed for you to find that, again, that spiritual awakening. We don't and should not wait for a tragedy or an illness or something to happen for us to connect and birth that part of us. This is the whole point of us being here. And I'll tell you this, that when you do, when you are able to connect to something so much greater than you, that is abundant in love and spirit and health and connection, while you are still in this journey, it becomes a life of joy and flow and happiness and miracles, both big and small. 
such an incredible gift. And I know that's so hard to, for some of us to imagine because our, our day-to-day lives seem so heavy right now, but I'm telling you it's possible. And I, I'm telling you it's the goal. So not to wait till the end of life to have our awakening. If you are on your path and you want this because it's a choice, you have to want it. It's available to us now. And the minute that I started working with those at the end of life, the minute I learned everything about life, it completely changed my life in one of the best ways possible. And I'll I'll just tell you right now that I honestly don't try and control or figure out anything. It's not that I don't assess things or do the work, but I always will choose what I'm going to offer, serve, write, create from from the heart guidance, not the head guidance. And so how that works is that I get what I call inspired guidance, meaning, you know, you're out for a walk and this idea will come in, you know, um, you need to write a book. Okay. Um, All right. That's a really big undertaking. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my inspired guidance that happened in the last few years. You need to write a book. And I was like, I don't, have any time to write a book. Like how am I ever, you know, with all the teachings that we do, I know what an undertaking that is. No, you need to put this training, the doula givers training into a book so that it can reach so many more people. And, and I was like, well, absolutely. Cause that's what we're here for, right? We're here to be of service and we're here to be reach and touch and serve as many lives as we possibly can. And so if that is being brought forth and asked to be put in a book form, I'm going to look at my schedule, which I did, and I'm going to say, okay, what can I move or put, um, you know, kind of wrap up at this stage and then put a book writing into um, the next phase of what I'm doing? Because yes, that felt absolutely what I was supposed to be doing next. And again, it's a feeling, it's not thinking. In fact, my initial thought was that I can't because I don't have time in my schedule. And then it was like, no, this needs to be done. And this is why, because it will reach so many more people. And I was like, okay. So, um, and now I'm happy to say, well, we are closing in on the end of that book writing. It has been an incredible journey, but it also has been a flow. And there, when something's in alignment, when something's in alignment with the higher purpose and the universe in that being part of you, yes, you're doing work, but there is such a joy to it. There is such a ease to it. There is such a flow to it. So yes, it's work, but I have to tell you that it it has not been that, you know, the heaviest lift that I thought that it possibly would be, it was, okay, it's, it's, it's happening. It's creating, I'm making space for it and it's, and it's happening. And it's really beautiful that we are in that last stretch of the next couple of chapters to be done. And, and it's one of the most beautiful offerings that um, we could have created. So I'm so proud of that. So understanding that you have a human part of you that's going to be the ego separate, and this is where you're going to be given those 
you know, voices that the ego who's you're not good enough. You could never do that. You're not pretty enough. You don't have enough money. You, you're not lovable. All of the things that the ego tries to block us because it tries to keep us from being in alignment. It makes us think that we're separate. It makes us think that if we don't get it, somebody else is going to get it, that there's a competition. There's no competition. There's no competition. There's one love. There's one consciousness. There's one heart. And there is an abundance of love and things for everyone in this world. So that's the ego false trying to keep you separate and in that place. And then there's your heart guidance. And I will tell you that learning to listen to your heart guidance will open doors for you and take you on your path that you are meant to be living on. And here's the thing. People say, well, how do I find my purpose? What is purpose and how do I find my purpose? This is wholeheartedly what I believe. I believe you came into this lifetime with a plan. I believe you came in here and you said, I am going to be Suzanne. I'm going to be a female. Uh, I'm going to encounter certain things in my life. And I'm going to give myself the opportunity through, through these different experiences for soul growth. I think your, your purpose is already inside of you. And the key, the true key to life is aligning energetically with that purpose. So you can see it, you can feel it, you can be it. And how you do that is dissolving the ego part. You don't remove it. We're not mad at the ego, but we have to remember what it's not give it all its power and not let it lead this ship for sure, but also allow us to quiet the ego's voice and allow the heart wisdom to unfold so that we can see our path. We can hear where it's going and we can trust enough and believe enough in taking those steps on that path, which again, might go against everything analytically of what you see in front of you, but that is where all the magic happens. So I believe it's not finding your purpose. I believe it's energetic aligning with your purpose, um, which is really important. Now, what I love is after studying this is that this has been known for thousands and thousands of years. This is nothing new. All of the incredible creators and inventors they all know this. They all know about this co what they call co-creation with a higher wisdom, with a one mind, with a one heart. Because um, when you open yourself up to that inspired guidance, it's limitless in its potential. It's limitless in what it's going to open up for you. Now, inspired guidance is one thing that you hear, and I know you all do it. If you think for a minute about an idea that you had, and you're like, where did that come from? Where did that idea come from? The key is that you are brave enough to take inspired action to go do it, to go do it. There's a million reasons we can talk ourselves out of it. The ego gives us a million and one reasons why we can't do this and can't move there and can't become this and all of that. We don't want to listen to that. We want to make sure that we have the courage and the belief system to step out into faith, into love, and just see what this guidance means. And I'll tell you something, this is, it will open up your whole world. So Nikola Tesla, you might know the Tesla 
creator and inventor, he, and I quote him, he says, if you want to find the secret to the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. As my end of life patients, their physical body were diminishing as they were getting ready to die. Their spiritual body was growing. Their frequency, their energetic frequency completely changed and they got all this information. I call it the spiritual eyes, but they were like, I get it now. I know why that situation happened. I forgive. They could, they could release their energetic draining attachments of anger, resentment, shame, whatever we all have, unforgiveness, and cut it. And they are the most beautiful end of lives I've ever seen when it's just they're all loving spirit. So we can do that now. And again, this has been known for thousands of years. Now, what I want to share, which is so important, and I want you to stay with me on this, death is the number one fear in our world. Death is the number one fear in our world. There are over 8 billion people living on earth. Each one of them is going to have an end of life experience with themselves and with those they love. How did that ever become something that we can't talk about, that we have turned into the number one fear, that we say don't plan on it, don't learn about it, don't do anything when it's 100% guaranteed. And I also wanna tell you this, that when you do not have information and a plan and tools, end of life is a thousand times, if not 10,000 times harder. It, there's, can, it can be no other way. You cannot wait for it to just pop up and think that it's gonna go well. And that's what's happening today. So the other side of that is that death is our greatest teacher about how to live. Treat each day, and that's what I teach in doula givers, and we really talk about the pillars of the practice, and that's where this is a life course. Treat each day that you live like it's one little lifetime. Find the presence, the moments, the joy, the connection, kindness with one another, kindness with yourself, because one day it will be the last day. And we want to look back and say, okay, we used each day um, in a beautiful way. Not judging one another. That's another thing that end-of-life patients say. There's no judgment. It was all about learning. It was all giving me an opportunity to learn. I'm not being judged, and we don't have the right to judge anyone else. Meeting people exactly where they are. And when we said before that love is not conditional, I'll love you if. And even parents, you know, they're trying to do the right thing. They're always trying but they're products of their own upbringing. And many times they will put those loving conditions on young children and it's baffling. If you behave a certain way, if you get good grades, you know, we love you more. That's not how love works. And that starts to really skew our minds um, from a very early age. But meeting, I want you to know this, meeting those in your circle, in your family, in your friends that you come in contact with, instead of judging them, instead of having expectations on them to be what you want them to be, what about 
if we just radically accepted them and met them right where they are and loved them right where they are. Everyone is on their journey. And I will also say that everyone is carrying burdens that we know nothing about. This frees up you, by the way. So many times we will look at our lives and, you know, oh, we didn't have the perfect family. I wish I had the perfect family, the perfect mother, the perfect father. First of all, I just want to disclaimer, say that I don't think that there is one. I've worked with so many people that I don't think there's any such thing as a perfect because there is no such thing as perfect. Everyone is challenged. There's things that look like they might be. And I think that they're portrayed in shows and things like that. And even you may look at people that you know and say, oh, that's the perfect family. You don't fully know what's going on there. I don't think that there is a true perfect family. But I also want you to know that that is a heavy burden for you to carry, that you want your mother to be the perfect mother when your mother is doing the best that she could with where she is and what she had to work with. And I know it's not easy to get there, but it is so important because if you can see her and love her just for who she is in her whole totality right there, it frees you up. It releases you from that. So not having expectations on others is incredibly important. Radical acceptance of things and also radical acceptance of yourself. You know, we're all in this life's journey thinking about, you know, what if I didn't do that? Or what if I did do that? Or I wish I didn't, you know, forgiveness is one of the most transformative tools that you have for releasing you, not just for forgiving others, but also for forgiving yourself. And I want you to think about on your journey, letting go of things when, you know, remembering that were you doing the best you could with where you were at the time? And of course, the answer is always, always going to be yes. So we literally just forgot, we're at a time in our existence that we forgot that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And it's time to remember. If you go back into history, all of the great inventors, all of the ones that were inventing amazing things, they all knew this. They all talk about this. They talk about this part of them that is creative and connected and and just you know magical for lack of a better word. So they all knew this and this is thousands and thousands of years ago. And now the beautiful thing is that science, quantum physics specifically, is bringing back the understanding that we are all energy, that we are measurable, that we are atoms, that we are vibrating at a certain rate, and that is measurable now. So they're bringing back the understanding that we are energetic beings and so validating it when I think that's wonderful, but I also know that the truth about how we really elevate in our awareness is by trusting our own belief, trusting our own knowing. We shouldn't have to look for science to validate something that we inherently know within ourselves. It's that belief that is one of the greatest determining factors of how you literally change your whole perception and life moving forward. So that is pretty exciting. And now to break it down into three phases of the life's journey, when we 
I feel this way. I feel that when you're a little pumpkin, like that little beautiful baby that just comes from that energy. And that's why I think they smell so amazing. But you also see babies happy and looking at things around. I absolutely feel that they see and know and are completely connected to that loving being energy. It kind of makes sense. And then as they grow and they realize, ooh, you know, I'm separate and, you know, there's different determining things happening in this world. Um, we forget that we lose that part of us. And then we go on into the human experience of, you know, school and growing and your teenage years and your twenties. And they can be really hard. Let's just really admit that it's really hard at times. You know, you're really trying to figure this all out. You don't know how it works. And maybe you're just absolutely all over the place with giving away your, your power and things of that nature maybe even self-medicating. And, you know, again, there's no judgment here, but there's just a lot that goes on there, experiencing different things, sometimes very painful that we hold on to. So when we come into this world, we are pretty much unconscious. So besides that beautiful baby stage where I feel like we still, you know, are well-connected to it, which is such a, a wonderful place. Then we come out and we're really unconscious. And we're, you know, going through a lot of times we think of ourselves as victims, as separate, we're angry, we're trying to, you know, look at all the stuff that goes on, it can be heavy. And then hopefully there's a time in the journey where we start to wake up a bit and we become what I call conscious, conscious that there's more conscious that, wait a minute. I'm making choices. You know, we start searching a little bit. We start hopefully, you know, taking inventory of, you know, what feels good, what's resonating with me and maybe even classes and, and, and hopefully, you know, there's some things that can really streamline you in this space. And I will tell you this volunteering and doing something for somebody else without attachment to it, without doing it because you have to, or accolades or for any other reason, but just being there for somebody else in this experience is one of the fastest ways to connect you to that higher frequency, which is just amazing. They talk about how when you give, you get so much more back. That is an understatement and then some. And I can tell you this, that every single thing that I've done that has been on a volunteer basis with my work has been the most rewarding beyond anything um, that I could ever, that I could ever explain. So just keeping in mind that then we are hopefully in an awake state where, you know, there, you know, think about this, you know, there's something more to this life. Maybe you're just not sure of what it is or how to get there, but you know, there's gotta be more. And then hopefully you get to that place where you're practicing and maybe you're studying meditation or you're volunteering a bit, or you're really connecting with that heart part of you. And then you can get to a place really in your practice where there's a super consciousness, where you're connected to that one heart, you're connected to others, you are connected to that creative inspired guidance that is going to be directing you. And you have the wisdom now and the courage and the faith and understanding to be able to follow it. And that's when everything changes in your life. When I was following my heart. I was a very sad nurse. I became a nurse. 
I was so disappointed and disillusioned and heartbroken what I saw in the hospital and in our mainstream medical system. I had no time with my patients. It was just giving medications and doing paperwork. And I, I saw things that just were heartbreaking. And I couldn't believe that I went through all that schooling to become a nurse. And I was so, it was just soulless. I said, this can't be it. This can't be it. And I heard this little voice that said, go to hospice, go to hospice. And I literally thought, well, why am I hearing that? I have no end of life experience. That makes no sense. Why would I go to hospice? On top of that, I'd be taking a job in hospice with less money, more hours, less benefits. So on paper, that didn't make sense either. But every time I heard this voice say, go to hospice, I felt alive. I felt expanded. I felt at peace that like I had never felt before. And I said, you know what? And this is my conscious part. I don't know what this is, but I haven't figured it out yet. And everything people are telling me to do has not worked. So I'm just going to follow this and see what this is. And the very first day I went out to see hospice patients, I knew I was in the exact place I was supposed to be in, in my life. And I said to myself, that's how this works. And when I mean, this is how this works. This is how life works. It's not, what do I think? It's what do I feel? And I said that day that I am never going to make another decision other than what do I know? What do I feel? Not what do I think? And if you have followed my story at all, or if I, if I will share with you, it has been the most beautiful, magical, expansive life journey that I could have ever imagined. And I had no I, I had no idea that I really wouldn't even stay as a hospice nurse because I loved it that much, but because I kept saying yes to what was being presented in front of me, that inspired guidance, teach. It said, you need to teach this. You need to teach what you know about end of life. You need to give this training for free. You need to put it online. You need to travel to different countries and teach them and help them create their own doula giver support system. This has birthed into a miraculous journey that I know is available to each and every one of us. If we just listen to that, I know we have a destiny and a purpose if you align with that. And if you just do that and you just listen and you just put your intention to be of service to where you're supposed to be contributing in this lifetime, you will have the most incredible life like you've never known or even could conceive of. That's just how it works. It's all about love. And that is available to you right now. I want you to know that. So this is one of the most exciting things that I could possibly teach. It's about life because I will also say this, when you are an end of life teacher, a good death, is a good life because when we get there, we want to be able to say, okay, okay, I lived, I squeezed out every beautiful morsel of being present and compassionate and learning and growing and loving and loving and loving that I possibly could. And here is my time to graduate. So I want to teach you everything that I know about how to make life 
the best it can be right at this very moment for every day that you have. It is up to you if you want to step into that space and learn it. But if you do, it is available to you. So I want to thank you so very much and show you how, again, this is available to have the best experience. That's why you're here. It's not a, it's not a mistake that you're here. And we're all here to leave the world a better place because we were in it. So just aligning with your purpose and finding that not only will accomplish that, but every single day you will literally be pinching yourself at what an incredible experience this can be. So I want to thank you for being on this episode of Ask a Death Doula and remind you that there is a free webinar, Universal Life Mastery, where we will literally talk all about that. You can hear from other people what they say. We're going to bring in some of those other um, geniuses and inventors that have said it, but also what you want to hear from other people who've stepped into this space and the transformation of their life that that they have been able to accomplish. And we don't want to get to the end of our lives and regret that we didn't, that we didn't step out on faith because that is where the magic happens. Please leave me a question below. Again, I want to thank you so much for being on this episode of Ask a Death Doula. I will put the link for the webinar down below. So if you'd like to join that, again, they're amazing. They're live they are life-changing. So if you're ready for your life to change and you know what, this could be your year, join us. All right, everyone, we will see you in the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for being part of Ask a Death Doula podcast. Please remember that everyone everywhere has the ability to have the good death with the right education, kindness, and support. See you in the next episode.